0: I have a treat for you today. We are talking to Kimberly Lopez. She is one of my clients and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you because she does such a beautiful job in our interview. What she shares with us in this episode is an accumulation of what she's learned in her 15 years in big law and in the time that we have worked together. And if this episode resonates with you, I highly recommend connecting with Kimberly after listening. You can find the links that she mentions to connect with her on LinkedIn and Instagram in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 242. All right. We're going to just jump right on in so we can get all the wisdom that Kimberly shares. Kimberly, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited about our conversation.
1: Thanks, Dina, for having me. I'm looking forward to it too. Can you just introduce yourself to the
0: listeners? Let them know like what practice area you're in and where you live, all that good stuff.
1: Sure. So my name is Kimberly Lopez, and I am a co- commercial litigation attorney based in Orlando, Florida. And I've been at an AmLaw 100 firm for my entire career, the same firm. Uh, so part of that unicorn group, we can say they're homegrown and uh, have been in the same place. But uh, I'm entering my 15th year of practice and the entire time I've been uh, in commercial litigation, having worked my way through the ranks from starting as a summer associate all the way now to partner.
0: That's pretty amazing. Yeah, staying with the same firm, and what were some of the things as you were coming up in your experience that you have found to be challenging for you?
1: Sure. So right from the beginning, I started in the uh, Great Recession, so there was a lot of challenges right off the bat um, from a lot of. Worries if today was going to be the day, you know, you you would put on the news, read the legal journals, and constant talks about layoffs and just reductions. Um, So there was a lot of challenges then, and just making sure. that I stood my path and uh, was able to succeed in that and from that you know it's funny how a challenge becomes a success because that actually influenced my practice area um, for some time and still to this day uh, you know everyone touched foreclosures in one way shape or form but it really became a specialty of mine because I was just around a good group of people who took the time to train me uh, in that because it was a busy area um, and so I'm one of the ones who kind of stuck in there. So that's one of my practice areas because of that. Um, so th- those were challenges. Uh, finding my own way to and, and finding a voice in the type of attorney that I wanted to be. Um, being a first generation professional, um, you know, the first one in my family to go uh, beyond an associate's degree. There were a lot of challenges in not knowing how to Have your own voice. You know, sometimes you try to mimic others and that's not (laughs) good or comfortable. So, kind of finding my own way, you know, yes, I learned from people here and there, but I had to kind of put that together to make my own path and have my own voice in my uh, career.
0: Yeah. And I hear that a lot from attorneys, especially first generation attorneys, really Mm -hmm. who didn't have that guidance and didn't always feel comfortable reaching out to other people for that guidance. It just, it just didn't seem like there was a direction for them to go to get the help that they wanted. Um, I'm curious, like how has your experience as a lawyer informed what you're passionate about
1: today? Yeah, so, um, again, through that process of kind of finding different areas that worked for me or ways that I could help. Um, I've become really enthusiastic about helping minorities, uh, business owners. Um, I serve on a, a nonprofit board um, just that kind of serves as an economic development arm here in our local community, I focus particularly on Hispanic entrepreneurs and a lot of partnerships with other areas. Um, but that's become a passion of mine because I see that There's so much talent out there right, in the business community and in our economy, Um, but sometimes people just don't have the resources or the know-how, not having someone to talk to or having those same issues that I had, not knowing the ropes, so to speak. Um, So I like to take what I've learned in representing Fortune 500 companies and try to bring that to the community and small minority-owned businesses as well so that they can flourish in our economy.
0: Yeah. And I think this is really important for anyone who's listening right now to know that you may not know exactly what you are passionate about right now. It takes trial and error. It takes trying things that are new and seeing if there's something that really fits with your interests. It sounds like you found something that really clicked with not only how you identify yourself, but how you can take what you've learned and help other
1: people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not to say that I'm able to do that 100% of my time, but, you know, it lets me keep my eyes open for opportunities. Um, it's given me a, pl- a platform to be able to speak to and reach out to the community. Uh, and it's influenced my community service work and, 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 and the non-billable stuff and pro bono work as well. So that's been helpful um, to, to find that area that really um, motivates me.
0: Yeah. I mean, you are a very together attorney. I think most attorneys think in some way like there are aspects of my life that I am very together in. And then there's aspects of my life that I want to change or I want to improve or I don't feel as together in. And that came to mind just because the way you're speaking about what interests you, it's very clear that not only are you passionate, but you're a really hard worker. And so you're going to figure things out. I'm curious what drew you to coaching and had you book a strategy session with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the compliment because that's certainly not how I always feel and that's probably how I got to coaching is feeling that, you know, I I have some shortfall or, you know, you, you fall into the trap of comparing yourself to others like why can this person do it and I can't? There must be something wrong or something I'm not seeing. And the first time I was exposed to kind of the mindset and coaching, I was back in 2019. And just to know that that was even a possibility um, was kind of mind boggling, to be honest, it's like, wait a second, this kind of makes sense, right? Because so much of it is pressure that I'm putting on myself, because I'm not Uh, telling my thing, myself the right things. So when I heard your podcast, um, you know, and I'm an avid podcast listener, and I would listen to podcasts. But I finally hit the realization that as much as I listened to podcasts, it just wasn't enough. And sometimes you just need that extra help. So I booked a strategy call, and we had a great discussion. And um, I went from there, because it helped me realize that it's not any shortfall of my you know, talent or skill set, but really I had a lot to address in the mindset bucket.
0: And it's so funny because like, as I was prepping for this call, I was thinking about what we talked about during that strategy session. And I remember, um, I think it might've been like the first day we actually had the session and mm-hmm. you said something to me to the effect of, it's like, I almost didn't do it. Like, I almost mm-hmm. thought, like, I almost put my, felt guilty about spending money on me. Can you tell us kind of of what was going on there?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it is an investment. And at first you think like, wait a second, it's just mindset. I mean, how hard can this be? Why can't I figure this out myself? Like, why do I need somebody else um, to tell me about this? Right. It's my mind. It's my life. I know all the details. Um, But so there was that hesitation in the beginning, but certainly as you go through it, it's just, you realize how, no matter how many podcasts you listen to um, having someone be able to question your thoughts and kind of pose questions to you is really where you get the most out of it. Um, We think we could do it ourselves, but you know, our blind spots are our blind spots. And without that extra voice um, you know, objective view, it it really it's, there's no comparison.
0: It's so interesting because and this is something that I see repeated with lawyers, right? All of us have this is we we think that other people and the way we spend our money is a reflection of this, right? It's like other people are more important, right? And mm-hmm. and we can look and be like, yes, our child, of course, our mm-hmm. child's welfare. We're going to put that welfare first, right? But then a lot of times we take our the money that we're spending and we think about the other people and we think, well, maybe I should be spending it for something that they need, Versus like looking at what is it that I really need and how can I support myself in a way that long term is going to further all of my goals including goals for my kids, my family, you know, whatever it is. Like, does that did that kind of factor in when you were thinking about where you wanted to invest your money?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, when you see the investment, you say, wait a second, I could use that for, you know, XYZ or summer camps for my kid, or there's a a hundred different things that we can come up with, right? Where we were at that time, we may think the money should be spent or might be better spent. Um, But, you know, it was just reaching a point where I felt like this was needed in order to address where I felt I needed help in terms of my business development, my, you know, career advancement. So, you know, in the end, it's an investment really to help you on all those other things. Right. Um, but it's just kind of making that realization that this is something that you need and it's not, you know, floundering money or, or kind of throwing things away. It's really what you need. And that's okay to spend it on that. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: a lot of times I'll get questions from people who are like, what exactly is coaching? And I can explain it, you know, a dozen different ways, but I'd like to hear how you would explain it.
1: I think it's um, kind of working through this problem solving, but through a different lens than you've probably ever done before. So it's kind of working through what's, what your challenges are, what is stopping you from achieving what you may want Um, and then looking at it from a different perspective and addressing the mindset piece. I mean, for me, the coaching has really been about mindset and uh, giving myself the the script or the formula uh, to address issues as they arise, recognizing that many times, if not all the time, it's really a mindset issue that's stopping me or blocking me from doing what it is that I know I need to do or what the things that I want to do.
0: Mm, yeah. Where has that shown up vividly for you?
1: Vividly in my work. Um, you know, I think as lawyers, you know, especially women lawyers, we like to brag about multitasking. And if we're busy, then we're being productive. Um, but for me in addressing certain mindset issues of like, why is it that I haven't gotten this one project done? Um, and before I would justify, but look at all these other things I've done. But in talking with you and working through things, I now, now know how to stop myself and say, wait a second, why is it that we don't want to touch this file or draft this motion? Um, and many times it's just kind of a thought that's stopping me or, or makes it uncomfortable for me um, to just jump in and get it done. So that's really where it's shown up the most for me, where I could now physically feel when I have that um, thought and stop, pause, address it, give myself a script to make sure that I don't allow that to continue. I like the way you phrase that is
0: physically feel that thought Mm because, you know, if, if anyone here, if you've been listening here for a while, (laughs) you know, a thought creates a feeling, but oftentimes we don't have any access to the thought. We have no idea what's going on in our brain. We're so attached to what we believe to be true. We can't see kind of like see Mm -hmm. the forest for the trees kind of thing. So describe for me, your experience in terms of what it means to to feel a thought because a lot of times people come to me and they're like i don't have access to feelings that was me too right i didn't have access to my feelings but when i did ask them access them learn how to do that it changed things for me can you explain what you mean by feeling a thought and how it helped you make changes
1: yeah, when you become aware of it and after sessions with you and you talk about these questions or things to ask yourself, I started becoming aware of the fact like in terms of um, tension or things that I didn't want to do that I felt like tension in my my gut, like literally like a gut reaction of like, oh no, like you just, and sometimes there's even like a verbal um, pr- pronunciation of it, but um, that, that for me is the tension. When I'm able to identify something that I'm working through, it's my breathing. It's like a, ah, it's a release. Like I literally, and I think I mentioned this during one of our calls, one of our calls, I said, oh my God, I literally just felt my shoulders drop and took a deep breath because it just felt ease. Like when I was able to reframe something, I recognized that one, I can do it, two, it's easy. um, And I now have the tools to go forward. So when I am able to turn it on its head, it's that ease, a nice, easy breathing and deep breaths rather than the shallow tension uh, of feeling it in my stomach.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's a, that's a really great way to explain that. I hear sometimes people like lawyers, they'll talk to me and they'll say like, I'm afraid that it's going to be a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to have time for Mm -hmm. it. And you just said like, you feel ease. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like your experience of the work we've done together Has it ever felt like really heavy, hard work? Maybe it has been at some times, but I'm just really interested in knowing what your experience has been.
1: Uh, No, the experience has been, no, not at all. Um, Certainly in the beginning. And I think that comes from, so often we sign up for these programs, whether it be a business development mastermind or something else where there's homework. And really, if you're going to get the most out of it, there's definitive steps and tasks and time that you have to dedicate in between sessions or or uh, learning sessions. But with the coaching, what I came to realize is, one, sometimes like my favorite sessions were just showed up and you know, said, like, what's going on in my life, and we identified something to kind of work through. Um, But as you go through your day and your weeks, it's really you, you'd be surprised how you start recognizing what's coming up. And then you can put into practice what you talked about in coaching. So it's not a burden. It's not extra time on your plate. um, It's really just putting into practice, which will help you with your time.
0: Yeah. And I have people who come to me sometimes and they're like, they want the worksheets like they want. Is, yeah. Are there worksheets like like they're coming to a classroom and they want to absorb all the knowledge? What would you say to them uh, if they're looking for the worksheets and all of the the work <laughs> <laughs> to, to change
1: themselves? I would say, let's be honest with ourselves. We never do the worksheets, right? Like we may do them once. Um, you know, we may do them once and we print out an a extra set, especially now we're recording this in January, right? So we all have our pretty new planners and all the setups and tracking devices that we want to use. Um, but I think the coaching is better when you are learning the tools to address it, whether or not you have a worksheet, right? Because these are things that come up uh, hour by hour in our day right that there's not always going to be a worksheet to address it or even if there were you know you're probably better served in terms of your your time and efforts by just knowing how to address it in the moment rather than having to go to a worksheet but yeah I would just say you know if I'm honest with myself I love the worksheets they look pretty but we, we never go back to them consistently <laughs>
0: right i mean when we really learn something like that's mm-hmm. that's when it's been the biggest impact for me is when i really learn something from a coach and i'm having my brain questioned my thoughts my stories questioned
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i sit with it and it clicks with me in that session or i happen i could be watching tv and then it clicks with me i'm like wait a minute right. and right. then it it creates a shift for me that is internal it has nothing to do with me sitting down and filling in a worksheet or you know I'll have sometimes great experiences journaling, right? Because I'm like mm-hmm. writing my thoughts down, but the the worksheet is really just a tool. And if you can do that work with a coach to to help you, you know, click, right? I'm snapping my fingers mm-hmm. if you're hearing noises <laughs> and you're not watching the video. It's like you're going to um you're going to make progress faster just because we're internalizing it and it becomes part of you versus us trying to get an A, you know, like in, in school right, where right. we would fill in the blanks kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I agree that that term internalizing is definitely spot on for me. And, you know, to your point about writing on a worksheet, I think it probably inserts like an extra block because you're like thinking too much of what to write or how this should sound or how this should look. Whereas if it's internalized, again, you're just able to respond and address the issue spot on. And I feel in a more honest uh, manner. Hi.
0: You mentioned planners and cause I love talking about time management and I know lawyers love hearing about <laughs> time management. I'm curious if you um, share with the people who are listening, like how is it that you manage your calendar and maybe it's the way you talk about it might be part of, tactics and part mindset.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from a pure tactical standpoint, you know, I of course have my outlook calendar where all appointments and everything go. Um, But then I've also developed the habit of time blocking, right? So that might not be on my outlook, but I usually have a handwritten sketch out where, you know, my appointments are built in, but then I see like a two to three hour block and like, okay, here's a, a billable block, or here's a business development strategy blog. Um, And that just helps me kind of dedicate time to things. And I think the mindset comes in there because it's prioritizing and being okay with making something important, right? So, so often, you know, there's so much billable work that can be done or so much in a case that can be done. But if you're dedicating 100% to that, you're saying no to a lot of other things, right? So for example, business development, right? We all know that's an ongoing process. So the mindset pieces come in in terms of helping me be okay with making decisions and prioritizing certain things and not having this mindset of uh, one, it always has to be, you know, go go go, or hundred thing, hundred balls up in the air. Rather, it's okay to block time for one specific task, one specific case, whatever it may be that's needed that week, as I've determined. When you sit down at your
0: calendar, do you always feel like doing what's on it?
1: Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course right? Not. So, yeah.
0: so how do you work through when you look at your calendar and you don't feel like doing what's on it? How do you work through that?
1: Um well, after coaching and what what I've learned and working with you is sometimes I just kind of stop and think like, why don't I want to do this? like what's really at issue here? Uh, you know, sometimes it could be I'm feeling um, I don't know how to address the issue, Maybe it's a, you know, something I've never done before, so there's a little bit of fear in, in the unknown. Um, so I try to address that and, and when I do that, part of my process at least, is breaking it down to very simple tasks. Like sometimes I can make a list like, and it may literally say, email John Smith about X. <laughs> um, and while it may seem elementary to do it that way, it just makes it much more manageable for my mind to wrap myself around it and say, I can get this done in this block. Or if I do these three simple steps, I can cross this off my list and it's off of my calendar. Um, so that really helps in just determining why is it that I'm having this fear? How do I simplify it? And then just running through the simplified list.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really a lot of the work I do with lawyers, right? Is, mm-hmm. And I do with myself too. Like this is something I practice because I too look at my calendar and don't want to do things. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> so that I'm like, okay, why is it that I don't want to do this? Right. right? right. And not letting your brain stop at, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, mm-hmm. right. Really starting to recognize like, oh, there's something else there. Like there's a fear of something or there's, you know, confusion. Your brain might get in confusion only because we haven't addressed the confusion. Might we not do something, right? Just like mm-hmm. you were saying, it's like, if you, if you stop your brain and you don't believe everything it says, and it says, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, and ask why what's happening, Right, really, I, I phrase it as having a conversation with yourself, right? So sometimes we'll be in a session and I'm going to ask you a question like, oh, so how, how do you want to address this when it happens? What's the conversation you want to have with yourself? Like there's, I really think about our brain as two separate people. One of them wants what it wants when it wants it. And then mm-hmm. another wants what's best for us in our long-term, higher self, however you want to phrase it and then we've got to do the work of allowing those two people inside of us to have a conversation and come to a place where they're going to take action for the best interest of everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like when you always say like just keep your keep asking yourself why, right? And it's like drilling down and you feel like a child asking but why? but why? but why? Um and it's funny how you drill down to something if you keep asking that question and suddenly you know, then you're like, okay, now I see what the real problem is. Let me address it and let me move forward. Um, because like you said, you can allow your mind to stay somewhere, let's say between the first and second why. But when you keep drilling down, you then know what you really need to address.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it, when you hear it, you're right. like, oh, that's the truth. <laughs> that's what's really yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Like when you came to coaching, what was it that you wanted to accomplish for yourself?
1: It's funny, I have to kind of think about going back because now I think I've probably gotten something else out of it. Um, but I think I was coming with hopes of getting some clarity, uh, on kind of what I'm doing, where I want to go with my life career, um, whatever it may be, but, um, just, and again, addressing, giving myself the tools to be able to uh, keep working at what it is I want. Um, but certainly I think the, the mindset piece is the best that's come out of it. And that was certainly part of why I signed up, but I think that's been the biggest, um, biggest takeaway, if you will. You said there was something, you got something
0: else out of it. Can you tell us what that is?
1: Well, I, I, again, I think when I signed up, you know, and perhaps it was part of my my trying to justify, right, the investment at that time. It's like, you know, I need this clarity. I need to figure things out. But what I got more out of and while it was on the list, but the, I think it took up more of the takeaway is the mindset piece, just the tools to really address mindset and give myself the uh, ability to put myself in the right mindset to do anything. Right. So even if, if it's figure something out or achieve a goal, set a goal, um, that's really what's been the biggest takeaway.
0: Mm, Okay. So we've been working together for about five months. Mm -hmm. Did you get what you came for? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's, you know, that's always something that, you know, when I'm thinking about it, when I'm choosing to invest in something, I ask myself, how am I, going Mm -hmm. to get what I came for instead of like just relying on the person to give me something. And that Mm -hmm. puts me in the mindset of I'm just going, I'm going to show up for myself in a way that gets the results. When you came to coaching, what were your thoughts about, and maybe it was like while you were, we were working together, what have your thoughts been that have helped you get what you came for?
1: Um, One is being honest when you show up, you know, one of the first things you ask is, you know, what did you come with today? Or what's going on in your life? Um, And I think, as we've continued and progressed in the, the coaching relationship, you know, it's been easier for me to identify things that would be good to talk about. Whereas in the beginning, I think we probably have a tendency of like, oh, I don't know, that might be not appropriate, or that's not what coaching is for. Um, But sometimes, again, the best sessions come when you're just talking about something that seems mundane, or something that you feel you should be able to figure out, um, or like, you know, something like calendaring, I know, we've talked a lot about time management and calendaring. So um, I think that's kind of the the thought process that kind of works through there.
0: Yeah, it's really easy. I do this too, is I, is I will judge myself before I go right. into a coaching session. <laughs> I'll be like, I should have something yeah. better than this. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> and so when, you know, you know, you come or another client comes and they're just like, you know, honestly, I don't have anything. It's like not a problem. Cause then I could just be like, okay, that's great. And let's, mm-hmm. let's play. And then yeah, yeah. we can talk and it's just amazing where the sessions can go. And like, the realizations that can happen, even when you don't bring something to a session.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with that 100%. Because certainly in the beginning, uh, I felt like almost a pressure to like, you know, come up with this like, life changing topic. Um, But really, like I said, some of the best sessions have been when I just tell you, hey, uh, you know, this week, just uh, here are the issues I'm having. And we just kind of drill down, drill down on that and work on it. So yeah, it's, I would definitely tell folks don't, don't stress about having the right topics or whether you have the right things to talk about um, just kind of show up for yourself and, and you'd be surprised what you get. Yeah. um, You've talked about quite a few tools
0: that have helped you. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you've learned in coaching or um that, has come to you, like it's been a tool that's been really handy for you that you have used and seen improvements in your life?
1: Um, I don't know if it's precisely a tool, but one of the things that certainly has been another takeaway is I think so often we were looking at other people and things other folks are doing and you think like, oh, I can't do that uh, in my life right now where I'm at. Um, But sometimes talking through it and working through some of these sessions, you realize that You can create what it is you're desiring right where you are right now, no matter the circumstances. So, you know, um, attorneys may often say, oh, I can't do that. I'm an attorney. I'm at a law firm. Right. But if you think about it and drill down to what it is you're really wanting or desiring, you'd be surprised how you open up doors um, to create some of what you feel is missing right where you are right now.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that because that's something that I think everybody to some extent has the thought that I'm kind of stuck, Mm -hmm. right? That I can't, I can't get out of wherever I am right now. You know, when I was um, prosecuting, I thought that there's just, I can't, I can't do anything else. Like I wanted to do something else, but I kept shutting down the possibility with all Mm -hmm. kinds of reasons, right? Quote, unquote, reasons, all the stories I had, Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I don't know how, um, what are other people going to think? They're going to think that I'm not serious about my career. They're not going to take me seriously as an attorney or, you know, promote me or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. I could have let that totally block me from trying new things because my Mm -hmm. brain kept shutting down. Like my very first coach, my brain could not get past the idea of leaving the office, mm-hmm. period. And right. even before that, like doing something on top of being a lawyer seemed hard. And so mm-hmm. I just had to kind of feel my way in the dark and try, like, like, <laughs> how do I make more time? And before right. I found coaching and and then I discovered how I could do it. And then mm-hmm. later on, I discovered I was using a lot of the tools, a lot of the mindset work on myself in that very small part of my life to make more time, I didn't know it actually could help me create whatever I wanted from right where I was. I didn't realize that I could plan something huge for my life and Mm -hmm. then learn how to make, take the steps, like the small steps right now to get where I want to go.
1: Yeah. I think oftentimes we're just looking for this big ginormous change right that this has to like completely transform but sometimes we can have a transformation right where we're at you know um you know like i think <clears throat> make an analogy to lawyers right if if you feel oh i'm in a profession that's not creative right but maybe you learn a new practice area or you pick up a new specialty and suddenly you see like different creative ways of bringing that creativity right into your practice right now without having to completely you know upend your career or change careers or do something completely different. Um, so that's, that's been helpful. Um, if there's something I feel I want, or that I feel would make me feel more whole, perhaps, then is stopping and thinking like, okay, how do I bring this into my life right now without, you know, changing too much?
0: Yeah, I think that's really important to notice where we shut ourselves down, where we like Mm -hmm. have a desire and then we just immediately say no, because those desires are there for a reason. Like I firmly believe that when we have a calling to do more, to expand, that that is, it's like instruction. We're getting instruction from our subconscious, our higher self, however you want to phrase it. We're getting instruction on which direction to go. What is going to help us grow the most and feel amazing? Mm -hmm. And when we shut it down right away, we don't give it any air to breathe. Then we shut down that higher self. And this also comes, I was thinking this morning about how often people come to me saying like, I just don't trust myself, right? Mm -hmm. I don't trust that voice. And when they don't trust themselves, when they haven't built that relationship with themselves, it makes it really difficult to give that, voice air, you know, we don't, we don't want to listen to it. We think it's wrong.
1: Yeah. And and another, another part of that too, is, you know, feeling that that higher voice has to be like completely perfect right out the gate. Right. But if we shut it down immediately, we may never get to what we feel is, you know, quote unquote, perfect. Um, You know, I think a lot of times we feel that there has to be some you know, higher power that like breaks these seas. And suddenly there's this awakening that you have. Um, But really, it's just listening to that voice little by little, right? If it's something small, you want, and pursuing that and playing with that, you'd be surprised, I think what opens up from there. So that's part of also what I've been working on is just, you know, listening to that little voice. And you know, like, okay, let's see where this goes doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't mean it has to be something I do for the rest of my life, or that, changes anything major. uh, It's just kind of exploring and see where it takes you.
0: Yeah. How has the work that we've been doing changed the relationship you've had with yourself?
1: It's made it kinder. Um, It's just not, you know, um, beating myself up right away when I, you know, identify, uh, you know, maybe there was a goal I wanted to hit, or maybe there was something that I wanted to do and didn't. It's just, being kinder to myself and and recognizing like, okay, well maybe this wasn't the right timing or maybe this wasn't really what I had in mind uh, and and addressing it. And if it's something that I really do want after going through that process is identifying how I can get there for myself and what works for me and what feels right for me. Yeah. And
0: when you're thinking about like that kinder relationship with you, you have with yourself, Does that correlate, like, do you have more self-trust with yourself now to follow that voice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't, I don't second doubt myself as much and Again, breaking things down, uh, you know, it's kind of like you think of like, okay, like, what's the worst that can happen here? Right? And it's going through that exercise of just trusting yourself. And you know what, if you don't get it right, that's okay, too, because now we have the tools to address it and we can, you know, we can backtrack or what's the worst case that happens if I make, again, using kind of lawyer analogies, the wrong legal argument well, I'll just make another one and we move on. Um, But sometimes, you know, we get, I know I did uh, and still do at times without doing the work is you get stuck on this. I have to get everything right 100% of the time. And that's not, not the case.
0: Yeah. I think that's also the case when you're in this world of thought work in this world of mindset work, we can even bring that perfectionistic mindset to the coaching and, that can block us from making the changes that we want only because we're judging ourselves. So Mm -hmm. like part of the work that we do, like whether it's with you or anybody, whether it's with myself is like constantly accepting and loving that voice that tells us we should be doing it better, different, whatever. And saying, and having that conversation with it saying like, Hey, I understand that you think that things should be different, that you should be better at this, that you should, you should have it all together mm-hmm. and saying, look, it's okay. If you don't look, look, look at where we are. I mean, look at you. You're very successful. I'm very successful. If you're listening to this, you're probably very successful too. Right. You've been doing okay. <laughs> you know?
1: Right.
0: So it's right. this, this work that we do is a choice. Like mm-hmm. nobody needs coaching you know, right. to be successful, it's a choice. You get to decide.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would add to that, like, you know, like you said, you, you're if you're listening, you're successful, right? If you're an attorney, you're successful. But we so often like forget all of the successes we had to get to where we're at. And I think coaching helps us also remind ourselves of that. And that, you know, that inevitably gives you a confidence to go forth and, and listen to that voice and say, it's okay. Um, but I think after practicing for some time, we forget all of the hurdles we've overcome to get to where we are. You know, it's, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day and we we're talk about the bar exam. It's like, remember when that was the biggest hurdle you'd ever had in your life and you were able to do that. So just reminding yourself of the possibilities when, when you, you know, kind of go for it and have confidence in yourself that you can do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that self-confidence is so important. It's really essential for us if we want anything bigger. Because I I think a lot of us come to this work and we want something, something for expansion. It could be money. It could be a lifestyle change, whatever it is. When we come to this work, what can stop us or, or put the brakes on, so to speak, is not having that self confidence and what builds that self confidence is having that better relationship with ourselves being kinder to ourselves um doing the little things that help us trust ourselves like doing the things on the calendar and learning how to walk through exactly what you walk through that builds confidence reminding ourselves of our wins right mm-hmm. all the things we've already accomplished in our careers and our life and reminding ourselves we still have that like no matter what happens mm-hmm we still can go back to doing whatever it was we were doing. We were still successful. Like nothing has gone wrong. And all those little things build the confidence for us to take steps towards that bigger picture that we have for our life. And that's, I, I just, I love it. Cause I know that I feel <laughs> so great in my skin, like compared right, right. to like, when I look back at myself, you know, even a couple years ago, right. Like I can mm-hmm. look back at myself and be like, Whoa, what a, what a difference <laughs> And know that still at that point, I was still successful.
1: Right. right. Yeah. And, and and no one decision or action is going to erase all of the successes you've had. Right. So I think we put, uh, I know you've talked on previous podcasts and I love your analogy. Like right away, you think if I get this wrong, I'm going to be homeless on the street eating a can of beans. right? <laughs> and I think <laughs> my mind is quick to go there too. Right. Every mistake I make is going to end up with my family being homeless on the street. But, you know, it's to remind yourself that, you know, taking these steps or making a mistake it does not mean that every success gets washed away, that um, you still carry those with you and they're still um, part of your, your repertoire and armor. Yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> what have you learned about yourself through your coaching experience?
1: Um, that I'm capable um, that, you know, really I, it's the reminder again to that I can do what I put my mind to, right. It's just having the right mind to do it um, that I can trust myself, that I can make decisions for me, um, that, you know, advance my professional life, my personal life, the way I want and to reach, you know, what it is, the life that I'm seeking to, to create. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm just going to check here because I think I want to respect your time. And I think we're almost finished here. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is a really good one that I Mm -hmm. hear from lawyers. And I thought this for a really long time and I put Mm -hmm. off doing a lot of things and asking for help, even in my legal career, not even, you know, as I was growing my business, but in my legal career in college, I saw this, it was a pattern Mm -hmm. is I always thought I should be able to figure things out for myself that Mm -hmm. I just wasn't working hard enough and i needed to to just work harder and that the answer was out there and it was probably something that was really simple and like i just needed to find it on my own it's kind of like the thought um there's like this running gag it's something like this man is out on a on a deserted island and you know, there's, you know, a helicopter that comes over and he <laughs> says, no, no, I'm waiting. You know, I'm waiting for God to, you know, uh, yeah. help me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he like, a guy with a boat comes by and all they said, no, no, I don't need your help. You know, I am fine. I'm waiting right. for God. And then, you know, he dies and, you know, God says, <laughs> what the heck? Like <laughs> I sent you a boat. I sent you a <laughs> helicopter. What happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. So like.
1: What would have you ever experienced that? Oh, all the time. I think it's because we come up with this thought, like you said. You know, I just have to work harder, right? It's obviously I'm not doing something right. Uh, I'm not putting in the effort. Or again, we get into the comparison um, issues of like I see this person, it, it seems like they're working, you know, 15 hours a day. So if I can just mimic that, then everything else is going to fall in place. But that's not the case. Um, I mean, you know. We're lawyers, we may have billable hour requirements, but there's other things that, um, it doesn't always have to be as hard, right? You kind of have to do the smarter, not harder sometimes. And figuring what that means for you, figuring that out is really helpful. And, and sometimes, like you said, it's a lot easier than we want to make it seem, right? We, we think that we have to do all these really hard things, things that just push us beyond our comfort zone. And while that's good to get outside of your comfort zone, Sometimes it's the things that we do best and are easy for us that could really produce results.
0: Tell me what are some of the things that have
1: helped you make your life easier, like in your law practice? Mm hmm. Um, Well, we talked a a lot about the calendaring and time blocking. So that's been easier to help me reach some some goals that I've set for myself. Um, The other thing is going to what we just said about looking at what's easy for us versus producing results. And so I know we've walked through an exercise and I kind of implement that, right? It's like, is this hard, but does it produce results? If it's hard and not immediate results, well, then maybe I don't want to prioritize that. But if it's easy and gets me results and I have evidence that it gets me results, then I want to make sure to prioritize that, right? Because one, it's easy. Two, it's producing results and I'm achieving what it is I want to do. Um, you know, it's not to say that we never have to do hard things, but at least it gives me building blocks to to get to where I want to be.
0: yeah. And I always like to ask myself, how can I make this easier? Because I think yeah. <laughs> our brain throws up subconscious roadblocks sometimes saying, oh, no, this is going to be so hard. You're not going to want to do this. And if right. I ask myself, how do I make this easier? My brain starts searching for some solutions. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, oh, well, maybe I cross off doing that thing so that I can really focus on what's most important here that's going to move the needle on my practice or my business. Like right. that's that's really What so many of us, I think, neglect to do is like, we just kind of believe everything our brain says about what we should be doing right now and how Mm -hmm. we should be, you know, managing our time and being busy is somehow better because you're going to get more done. But when we do it that way, when we're ignoring, when we're listening to our brain and not questioning it, we waste more time and we waste more energy and we just don't feel as good in our day. So...
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's kind of like, again, going back to law school, like when you outline, you know, it's taking the time to just pinpoint things and kind of organize it. For me, it, that's my simplification list, right? I take my the hard thing in my mind and try to just break it down. Like what can help me achieve this, these simple steps? And it's taking that time to, and, and I physically write it down. I'm the one who has to write it down. Um, but just taking that time to do that and simplify it really helps me see where where can I take action right now to move me toward accomplishing that hard thing or getting it figured out.
0: Oh yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're wrapping up here. And Mm -hmm. one question that I have for you is if there's somebody who is considering coaching, like wants Mm -hmm. to work with me, but is kind of like hesitant, right? It's like they, they keep going to the strategy page session page Mm -hmm. and they want to book a call, but they they've been putting it off. What would you say to them?
1: Uh, I would say don't, don't allow the analysis paralysis to get you just sign up for the call, the consultation call. Um, it'll really give you an insight into what coaching is. Um, and just go for it. If you've been listening to the podcast, then it's probably because there's something there you've identified you need. Um, so I would say, uh, go for it, you, you won't regret it. Um, and it's certainly customizable to be to where you are. You don't have to be at any specific time, place or you know, pointing your career, this really can help anyone right where they're at. Mm.
0: And then if you were to share any words of wisdom with our listeners, what would they be?
1: Hmm. Um, trust yourself and trust that you can do hard things and trust that you you can find a way to get um, what you want and where you want to be.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm. And Mm -hmm. if they want to connect with you and maybe say hi to you, send you a DM, where can they find you?
1: Sure. Well, I, you can easily find me on LinkedIn. I love to, um, be on LinkedIn. So just by my name, Kimberly Lopez, and I have my married name on there, Narbona. Um, And also on Instagram, I recently created uh, an account called Latinas in Big Law. So this is just part of me trying to share my journey and build community amongst uh, Latinas in Big Law because there's not many of us. Um, And so just building that community and helping others see the path Um, and career opportunities available. Um, It's just kind of a a passion project that I've started there. So either way, happy to connect with anyone on either platform.
0: And I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes. So anybody who's interested, we will have all of that information for you there. Thank you so much for joining me, Kimberly. This has been really fun.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's definitely an honor to be here and certainly um, grateful to have found you and and to have worked with you uh, these past five months and continue on. Thank you, Kimberly, for taking the time to talk with me.
0: If you want to connect with her, you can find the links that she mentioned in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 242. And if you have been wanting to work with me and this episode resonated with you, this is your sign for you to sign up for a strategy session with me. To do that, you can go to the show notes or you can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session, dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. And that will give us time to talk about what coaching can do for you. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. See you then.